Um, there's no limit to the good that we can do if uh, if we don't care who gets the credit as a, as human beings and we give it all to God. You know, I love that. I love I love the Holy Spirit. I love to to watch Him flow, and uh, He's faithful. You know, if people would just remember. To be friends or to befriend him, you know. And I think the first thing that many uh, need to be sensitive to is his name. You know, the very essence of his name is should give us an indication of how to approach him. He's holy. And he's good and he loves us. Father, thank you for this day that you've given us, your children, to come here and worship you, to grow closer to you, to gain understanding, knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, to grow in the grace and knowledge of him through understanding. Thank you for that revelation, knowledge today, through the seed of your word, Lord, so that it take root and bear fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen passage of scripture over in first Peter that I that I really like let's see here Second Peter, forgive me. Second Peter. I just want to read from the top, first chapter. Simon Peter, servant apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained faith of equal standing. King James says, "Like precious faith." Second Peter, one. Second Peter, one. Yep. One, one, yeah. So he's talking to us. And he's confirming that we have received like precious faith. Here in the English Standard Version, he says, Who have have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours. By the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Then verse 2, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Christ Jesus our Lord. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life, this life, and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted, past tense, to us his precious and very great promises. So that through them, through the promises, you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. For this very reason, verse 5, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and Self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, these are like spiritual muscles. 
They grow with practice. Amen? With use. They keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful. There's the goal. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. God wants us to be helped. Healed everywhere we hurt. Empowered. To have revelation of His love. And to prosper and to be prospered. So that we can help others in the same way. Amen. That's the acronym here. Help. Heal, empower, love, and prosper the body of Christ. Verse 9. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. We have to have an awareness, a revelation that we are the loved children of God, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, redeemed forgiven so that we can exude those same qualities to others. Walk around with a sin consciousness which they do not want us to have then we're going to act out in anger and frustration. Hurting people hurt people. And they're hurting because there's a God-sized void in them somewhere that can... But He's always the answer, isn't He? Always the answer. For whoever lacks these qualities, so nearsighted that he's blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Praise God. I love that passage of scripture because Peter was not uh, Peter was kind of Peter was kind of to the point, wasn't he? <laughs> you know, you see, he he got it out there. So for him to explain, listen, you've got you have the same faith as I do, as all the apostles. We like precious faith. It's the same measure used for all of us. Now you need to practice all of these qualities. God created the garden, didn't He? In the beginning. He created the garden, everything in it. He anticipated all of the needs of mankind before there was a need. And provided for all of those needs before there ever was a need. He even gave light a few days before he provided the source for it for, to come from. <laughs> Amen. But he prepared the garden, anticipating all the needs of his creation. And then he created Adam and Eve, and he put them in the garden, into paradise. And then Adam and Eve, we know what happened. They were removed from the garden. And there were Angels, cherubs, which are not just the Valentine's little baby angels. They're warring angels. I mean, they're, they're nothing to fool around with. Put a couple of them there to keep them from coming back in. Yeah. Yes. But the, the thief on the cross in, in Luke 23, 43... 
He was invited back in, wasn't he? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Jesus invited him back in. Through Jesus we have been invited back in to God's wonderful garden. Prepared with all that all our needs anticipated and provided for. The angels that kept Adam and Eve out so that they wouldn't eat of the tree of life and live forever after they had that corrupted sin nature. They couldn't keep living after that. God would not allow that. But now, through Jesus, we've been invited in. We're welcoming back in through, through Jesus' sacrifice. And everyone who's born again, not only are we invited back into the, the garden to, to just explore and to find out what God has provided, the same angels, the warring angels who were there to keep us out or to keep Adam and Eve out are now ministering angels on our behalf. Amen. Amen. Believe and receive or doubt and do without. We've got to find out who we are in Christ and what we have. Peter said, all these things have been provided for you. All things pertaining to life and godliness. This life and godliness. Oh, I can't do it. The devil made me do it. Now, if you're born again, amen. What about that one tree? There was one tree that they, the reason those angels were there, right? To keep them out. They couldn't go back and eat of the tree of life after they were, had that corrupted sin nature. But now we can partake of the tree of life. Because of Jesus, we can eat of that tree. If we're born again, John 3, 3, Jesus explained to Nicodemus, lest a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So first things first. But then we can. Every tree in the garden is good now. All we have to do is go through and find out what God's provided. Take advantage of everything. Learn how to receive of God. So that we can be a blessing to others. I never get over the people that say, Oh, God's done enough for me. I don't ask Him for much. Well, you just told me that you thought it was all for you. <laughs> if you cared about the garden and you're the sprinkler, how can you say, Lord, I have enough water for me? When you're the one that's supposed to be distributing the water. <laughs> Turn it up higher, Lord. Let's cause everything to grow and prosper. Amen. And then I'll stay wet all the time too. Yeah. Hallelujah. The tree of life is the word of God. Proverbs 3.18 says, She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Amen. Right there in 
Second Peter, the third verse of that first chapter, according to these scriptures, faith is the essential ingredient to life and godliness. And according to this key scripture, is based faith is based on our knowledge of God, isn't it? We need to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ through understanding. You remember the parable of the soils? You realize the only one in those, Jesus as he describes all the different soils, the only one that could be, the enemy could come and steal it from was those who lacked understanding. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to, I don't need to read my Bible. Me and Jesus, we have an understanding. You ever heard those kind of things from people? They're, they're misguided. And nothing against them. God bless them. But I'm praying for revival. And I want to be a part of it so bad. I know it's coming. Yes. In our nation. And there will be a, a hunger for God like there is in other places where they receive so easily. You know? When you have nothing else and you walk for a day and a half to get to a meeting... You have some expectancy when you get there. Now it's like, well, which church will we go to? We're going to pass seven before we get to McDonald's this morning. If we feel like getting up. Which one has the best music? Which one gives away the free donuts and has the carnival going on? You know, which one has the best child care? Which, all good things. I'm all for throwing out the big net. However, God puts it on your heart to... Work your ministry. Some are going to be affected in every situation. I tell people that are stuck in what I consider dead denominational settings. Hey. You know, should I come to your church? I don't know. What's God say? Have you prayed about it? Have you been praying about them? I think everybody has a place where they're supposed to be planted. And that's where they're going to flourish and thrive. And whether you're coming or going, I love you. And I think God will save you no matter where you're at. And He'll get you to where you need to be to get the truth that you need to prosper. I know that to be true because He's done it in my life. We have the faith of God, Romans 12.3. So we don't need to get faith by the laying on of hands or someone praying for us. Every believer has the measure of faith. Now we need to learn how to use it through learning to agree, through studying the scriptures and agreeing with God, finding those promises. When I said promises a while ago, I know those who are listening online can't see me, but when I said the promises, I went like that because as I was reading my Bible, that promises were circled, you know. And some things I do like this when I'm talking because that's when they're underlined. Yes. <laughs> Exclamation point. Mm-hmm. I'm joking. I'm telling people how important it is to me. Amen. Praise the Lord. I just know that we need the Word. We need to grow in the grace and knowledge. My people, God says, are perishing for a lack of knowledge, of knowing me is what He's saying.
Romans 12, 2. I think that's where Paul is. You see, Jesus... Jesus just preached the kingdom. And when His guys came and said, Don't you know you offended these guys? These religious leaders? And many... Walked away and they followed him no more. That's John 6, 6, 6. John 6, 6, 6. Many left and followed him no more. That's the spirit of Antichrist came upon them. But then, but then Jesus said, he didn't say, oh, well here, oh, they misunderstood. Let me go explain better to them. He didn't say that, did he? What did he say to Peter? You want to leave too? Y'all want to go too? <laughs> Sometimes when the word offends people, they just need to be offended. We're too apologetic sometimes. Now, as the same token, I agree with Charlie. Too many people are preaching sin, sin, sin. They're talking to that old dead man, thinking they're going to fix that old dead man. Instead of, like we're doing today, talking about who we are and what we have in Christ. Our, our salvation and, and our being is just like God, three parts, spirit, soul, and body. All these things have been deposited into this born-again spirit, into the holy of holies right here. But we cannot discern it with our five senses. And to live out of a corrupted, soulish realm, our mind and will and emotions, without having been renewed by the Word of God, we're going to continue to be led astray. It's not within man to... To guide his own life. To direct his own steps. That's what Jeremiah said. And it's not. We need to find out what God says. Agree with God. The moment we do, things start changing. There might be a lot of seed we've planted. When you start believing for some crop failure on some of that. (laughs) And start planting that good seed. Amen. Amen. Romans 12, 1 and 2, though, Paul, unlike Jesus, he did try to compel people. I beseech you. I appeal to you, brothers. I'm begging you. I've told people that. Listen, man, if you've ever believed anything I've ever told you, listen to me now. I'm telling you, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. What he's saying is based on the, everything I just said, all the good things that God has done for us, for you. Based on that, please present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. The King James says a reasonable sacrifice. It's only a reasonable request I'm making of you based on the fact that you were on death row and somebody stood in for you who was innocent. Now can't you just agree and find out more about him because all he wants to do is help you anyway and teach you how to help others. Amen. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I don't know what God wants me to do. You can. You can. And He's telling us how. Get in the Scriptures. Believe in the promises. Put your faith, your trust in God. And then pretty soon, 
He said, how can two walk together lest they be agreed? Amos 3.3. He's not saying, let me, let, me, let me meet you halfway. No. What he's saying is, you need to agree with me because I can't change. I'm already perfect. He said, agree with me. Let's walk together. Be friends. Let's, that way I can help you the most. Let's be in agreement. Walk together. And that way... Then I can give you the desires of your heart because your desires and mine are going to be the same. Amen. But we've got to get this straightened out. This thinking, thinking. As a man thinketh in his heart. Proverbs 23, 7. You see yourself sick, trying to get healed? It's going to be very hard. I'm healed. Protecting that healing. Resisting the enemy. And he will flee from me. I'm already prospered. I'm rejecting the, the attempts of the enemy to convince me otherwise. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue rising up against me, I'm going to condemn it. I'm not going to let that sink in, take root. All those negative things that were spoken over me. All the things that somebody said about you. Forgive them. Bless them. Reject those words in the name of Jesus and then speak the life that God has provided through His promises regarding you. Quit saying what you see or you'll have what you say. Say what God says. Believe that you have it when you pray and it will be yours. Amen. I'd like to invite my brother Charlie up here to just... Share what the Holy Spirit is showing him this morning. Amen. Praise God. It's something very brief. Let me tell you something that I was so blessed in uh, hearing this in my spirit. You know, and everything you're saying was so true, so blessed, so real. Being renewed in our thinking, being renewed in our mind. You know, being conformed to this world that we have adapted something from the outside but renewed in our mind is that we have adapted to something in the inside and this is where we got to change our thinking here was one area that came to my thought and I'm so glad that you asked me to to share something because this is strong here many times you hear people say I'm under attack I'm really being tempted man I'm just under attack and immediately they feel like well, I'm supposed to feel down right now. I'm just supposed to be on guard right now. I'm just like kind of have to regress for a little while. And the Lord like was saying to me, especially this morning, don't say you're under attack. Say I am being, or don't say I am being attacked. Say I am being seasoned for a promotion. Amen. I am being seasoned for a promotion. I am gaining the advantage. God is positioning me to have the advantage. God is putting me in a place for increase. And I started thinking about that. And I started thinking about that. Every time Michelle and I have seen the enemy try to come and try to attack us, we've seen every single time through it, we had increase financially. We were positioned to take an advantage of a better situation. So this is why when we're under attack, see, our, our own, these attacks from external things, if you let them get to your mind, 
and start saying, man, you know, I'm really down. No, God is positioning us for the advantage. He, we're not victims. He is putting us in a place to receive increase, to go to the level. And all those things that have come to my mind and just the scripture you quoted in Isaiah 26, 3. You know, a steadfast mind he will establish in perfect peace. And I love that Hebrew word. A steadfast mind. That Hebrew word means imagination there. It means that we need a vision is an imagination. Now, we've always heard imagination in a negative way when I was growing up. Because when we thought about dreaming and doing big things and people say, well, that's just your imagination. Yes, it is. But it's God's dreams working in my imagination. You know, I am imagining that God is going to give us a debt-free house. I'm imagining God is going to give us a debt-free vehicle. God, I'm imagining that I, have to, I don't have to work for man. You know, I'm imagining that we're going to be on television. I'm imagining that we're going to be reaching millions of people. We're going to be sharing the good news. I'm, going to, I'm not going to say I'm, not, I'm under attack anymore. I'm saying I'm being positioned. Now, I can say I'm under attack. I've been attacked. But this attack is positioning me for a greater level. A greater productivity. I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because anytime we start thinking about, oh, I'm just under attack, first thing comes to our mind, I'm going to lose something. I'm going to give up my testimony. I'm I'm being tempted. I'm being, you know, I I feel like I need to give in. No, 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 no. Don't go on those thoughts. We're not going to go on those thoughts. We're not going to go there. I'm going to say, man... We are going to be positioned for a blessing. Praise God. No more to... Just this this scripture right here. In Psalm 121. Powerful scripture. In Psalm 121. I've been reading through the Psalms. And this scripture is amazing. Because it says, The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve you... From going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. This means when you're going out of your house, when you're coming in your house, when you're going to your place of occupation, when you're coming out of your place of occupation, from this time forevermore, you are going to be preserved. And I think about that scripture I've been quoting, ladies, Second Samuel chapter 8, verse 6 and verse 14. And God preserved David wherever he went. Wow. God says he will preserve us. God says he will fulfill us. This week, when I was lifting weights and I was working out of the gym, I saw an old friend. And I asked him where he had been. He said, man, I've been working for Amazon. He, we need supervisors. We need instructors. He asked me my educational background. He didn't know I had didn't have extensive background in education, things like that, and leadership and, mid- and, and management courses. He said, man, he started, well, put a long story short. He said, man, you, you'll be an excellent, excellent, you know, uh, uh, you, you qualify, man, fill out an application, tell me where to go and all that. And, and he started telling me about all the benefits. And I started, wow, you know, and all the money, and they make six figures and all that. And I already learned my lesson years ago because of our calling in the Lord. Don't try to work for man when God has already employed you. When God has employed you, because if you go try to work for man, 
when places you shouldn't be, you're going to get yourself in a mess. And I've done that before. <laughs> I have done that before. And God showed me, haven't I already taken care of you? And then I started thinking of that Psalm, you know that Psalm 103? Yeah. He says, bless the Lord all my soul and all that's within me, bless His holy name. Forget none of His benefits. All of it, man. All your diseases, everything. And, and then, if you see another scripture that goes with that in Psalm 68, verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. God is our salvation. He says, you're employing me. Haven't I given you a lot of benefits? You know, our home is paid for, you know, our cars, our vehicles are paid for, you know. I said, I, because you're working for me, son. God's just telling me, you don't have to work for Amazon. I'm greater than Amazon. <laughs> See, God will take care. We just have to be where God wants us to be. But immediately how we get tempted. And you know, when he was talking, I, yeah, I'm going to go apply that. That would be a great use to be. Maybe to work for six months or a year. He says, no, I have you where I want you. To be a spokesman for me. To minister my name. To encourage others about a good imagination. A good vision. You know, that how I can turn their life around. He says, I have given you benefits. And as you've already seen, I've given you retirement too. When that time comes, I've taken care of you. From this time forth and forevermore. I said, Hallelujah. See, that's why we have to go back and remind ourselves of the promises of God. Yeah. The promises, the promises, the promises. Yeah. So, we're not under attack. We're under a blessing for a greater measurement of ministry in our life. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that good? Isn't that good? He's preserving us. He's preserving us. See things God's way. Yes. Yes. Enduring the shame of the cross because he looked ahead, he saw us, he saw you and me. It was worth it. Worth it. He wasn't paying attention to the adversity of that time. He was looking past it as a result. Mm, mm. Fear is just a negative imagination. Mm, negative thing. Faith in the devil. And we just want to do what God says. Good word, man. I've been praying for the vision more and more, you know, especially when things. Uh, when you do go through the valleys of life, yeah. you want to see past it. God, show me past it. I need to lock my vision, my sight. Mm. I need to use my imagination to see your dreams, your future for me and for others that I affect so that I can hang on to that to strengthen my faith in times of adversity. Amen. So just like when Andrew was, uh, when his boy was dead for five hours yeah. in the morgue with a toe tag, they had an hour drive to town to, to be there. Mom and dad, you can imagine the things that tried to come against them. And, but Andrew remembered a prophecy that a man, a minister that didn't know him or his family in Ireland and a meeting had spoken over him a few years prior to that. They both of them had said he had two sons, and he said some things about what those boys would do, and the, when they were grown. 
and that hadn't come to pass yet. And he locked on that, and he began to praise God mm. and say, the devil is a liar. This report will not be the last. And he told his wife, and they began to sing and praise God the whole way, the rest of the way. And he was alive. Mm. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. You know, uh, and you know, we, we got to keep on praying for our kids, you know, because that reminds me, when you were saying that about Andrew, and I've heard that on television, that's so powerful. I've been praying for my son. He got fired from his job working for a, a credit card company. He was kind of up there and, and you know, and, and ma- making calls. And well, he got mad and hung up on somebody and they fired him. <laughs> well, anyway. And he, I said, man, I, I couldn't handle that job. They started talking crazy to me, man, started cussing to me. I'm going to hang up on you too. I won't work that very long. I'm going to work. <laughs> he said, Dad, I know God is doing something. But you know what? I've been talking to Jesus. Oh, uh, you know what, God. Uh, and, and, and I said, thank you, Lord. You know, all those things that I've always taught him. He's 33 years old. And I, and I sent him a $33 check. I said, you know why? Because Jesus was 33 years old when God had called him into the ministry. Well, when he was crucified, he was 30 years old when he started ministry. He only had uh, uh, 33 years old when, when he, he was pronounced the King of Kings and the Lord of Leaders. 30 years, man, and only three and a half years of ministry. And, and, and I said, 33 years old? I said, you know, you were the age of Jesus when he began to be the, you know, the Son of God and, and, and you know, crucified for the world. And I said, uh, I said God is doing something. I said, God has blessed you with a wonderful wife. He's squeezing him, squeezing him for a blessing. Yeah. And, and I said, to greatest things. And I see the ministry in him. I see the ministry in him. I, I big heart. Big heart. I, I see the ministry in him. Praise God. Bless you. Amen. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your precious word. We thank you, Lord, that for understanding, for revelation knowledge, for the lights going on in our hearts and minds regarding your truth, your word. It cannot be taken from us because we see it so clearly. We see you, Lord, and we know that you are good. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no shadow of turning. We thank you, Father, that you are faithful, that you love us, that you are a good God. And the devil is the bad one, the evil one. And we reject him. We resist him in every way. We protect everything that you have given us, everything that you have made us to be. We thank you, Lord, for your grace, which provides the power and ability to do and to be all that you've called us to do and to be. And we praise you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading and guiding us. We thank you, Father, for your perfect plan. We thank you, Jesus, for your perfect life and payment for that plan. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading and guiding us through it and empowering us to work the plan that is written for us. Our part in the kingdom. And we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord.